want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs on IG at faderoutepodcast. Drop us a DM on Twitter at faderoutednz. Comment on our YouTube channel, The Fade Route with DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it, we want to hear from you. Get at us, in crowd. Well, it's a big show. Welcome to the Fade Route. It's a big show with DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. Welcome to this week's episode of The Fade Route with DNZ. I am D. We've got a great show for you tonight. Derek Carr is hitchhiking on the Jersey Turnpike. Rogers goes into darkness, and all the coaching vacancies have been filled in the National Football League. But we begin today's show the fallout from the Super Bowl. The Chiefs came back through a 10-point deficit at halftime to narrowly squeak out a 38-35 win against the Eagles. But we can't seem to talk football without officiating controversy lately. Corner James Bradbury was called for a hold on Juju Smith-Schuster on a critical third down that allowed the Chiefs to milk the clock and ice the game with a field goal. Z, did the Chiefs win it or did the Jeffs or did the refs blow it? Both can be true. Now, Butker still had to execute that kick. He did doink one earlier in the game. Bang. Doink. So, it is possible. It's within the realm of possibility that something could have been fucked up there, right? A bad snap. Like, nothing is perfect there. Nothing is, you know, nothing is guaranteed. Exactly. You take two knees. Strategically, Andy Reid played it exactly how you needed to. You need to get rid of... You need to make sure that Sirianni burns his timeouts and milk the clock as far as you can until you can't milk it anymore and you leave them zero time. Like that's the that's how you beat Brady. That's how you beat a dynamic quarterback. And you know, truth be told, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts had a great game. The MVP of the game. The yeah. MVP of the game. He should have gotten the MVP award because Mahomes didn't have a great game. Kelsey, they they took him away after the first touchdown. Jalen Hurts was the MVP of that Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts had a fantastic game. I I agree with that, but. That was a ticky-tack call, but I'm with Tony Dungy on this. Tony, Dun- Tony Jun- Dungy is all over Twitter saying that it's a, it's a foul. It's a rule. It's a foul. You got to call it. You know, it's a penalty. You have to call it. So my issue is consistency. If you're going to call it in the fourth quarter with two minutes left, you better be calling it throughout the game. And the refs were letting some stuff slide. They definitely were. Now... Mahomes, you know, he had, outside of the touchdowns, he had an efficient game, right? Efficient, not proficient. 21-27 for 182, right? No picks, three touchdowns. Very workmanlike performance on a bad ankle that you could see from a mile away. 
You know, he was having trouble. Again, I can, I'm going to say it's on blue in the face. When does Mahomes have a good ankle? Like, Mahomes has not had a good foot or a good ankle probably since he stepped into the league. So, you know, Mahomes did what he needed to do. Jalen Hurts had a hell of a game. That fumble proved costly. That, that fumble definitely proved costly. And, you know, it was relatively even. It was a relatively even match game like we anticipated. The, the Chiefs seem to have found something here in Isaiah Pacheco. You know, they, they seem to have found a late bloomer. Now, we'll see what happens next year. We'll see what that looks like with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Jerick McKinnon and what they want to do. Kelsey did what Kelsey did, 81 in touch. But realistically, it boils down to what the Chiefs were able to do and what the Eagles were not able to do. The Chiefs were able to exploit the Eagles' defense in the fourth quarter, and they did not handle motion well, right? Kadarius Tony was wide open. Sky Moore was wide open. These motions were happening on the... They were happening at the line of scrimmage, and the Eagles just did not either... They did not prepare for this, or they just did not react fast enough. You had these guys open in the flat for walk-in touchdowns. They could have done handsprings. They could have done cartwheels into the end zone. They were that wide open. And, you know, the Eagles, hats off to them. They played a hell of a game. They absolutely played a hell of a game. I, I'm i with Sirianni on this aspect alone. It's not just one call that costs you a game. Is it a terrible, is it terrible timing? Yes. But just like when Kevin King had a a hold on the jersey and sent essentially sent Tampa Bay to the Super Bowl. This, too, you got to call it. You have to call it, but be consistent about it. So kudos to the Chiefs. They got the job done, and they held on for as long as they could, and they knocked off, they knocked off the Eagles. Well, man, hats off to Sirianni and Bradbury for not blaming the refs, right? I mean, they, they're 100%. great. They're gracious losers. Um, it doesn't come down to one play. Um, I didn't like the fact that I didn't really see Eagles make adjustments at halftime. I think that's what cost them. You know, you had a 10-point lead going into halftime, and there just weren't adjust- adjustments made. Chiefs get the ball, come down, score right after the half. And there was a chance to capitalize. Where was the pass rush? Where was Hassan Riddick the whole game, man? Like, he, he was one of the sack leaders this year. Where was it Dominican Sue? Where were all, where were Sweat, where were all these guys? Like, nobody got pressure on the kid with the bad ankle. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... You do need to give give a little bit of credit to the, the Chiefs' offensive line. You do have to, to credit them. They kept those guys off of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So he could, so he could do what he does. 100%. So it goes both ways. Thune and the boys, yeah. I mean, for sure. I just... I I I wouldn't say the refs cost the game. I can make it I can make an argument that the Eagles defense cost the game. Um, there were times when you know there was a third down and they didn't come up with the stop or they didn't come up with the play and you you're right, they didn't handle motion well. Um, I mean there are times where people were wide open, like wide open and there they were committed to rushing for the entire game. They didn't blitz at all. And you brought in Vic Fangio for two weeks for gots. <laughs> the hell was 
I don't know what the hell he did, but he. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. I hope he just was watching the film and not giving advice because he didn't really do much there. Watch and, and learn. And like Watch I and said, learn. man, for me, it was Jalen Hurts. He's the MVP. I know he coughed up one that led to a touchdown, but I mean. That didn't mean much, right? Because even if the even if the Kansas City Chiefs were down a touchdown, they would have scored the touchdown instead of kicking a field goal to win the game. And who knows what happens at half, you know, in overtime. Hundred uh, percent. I thought I do I, have to say this though, yeah. and I'm, you know, I just saw we, you know, I, my fiance and the lads, we went to see Ant Man and the Wasp tonight. We saw the new one, and it was very good. And you know, he was coming up small a lot. It's a quantum realm. But you know who came up who came up really small? Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. Yeah. Ten rushes for twenty-four yards. Yeah. Ten for twenty-four, and those guys trucked the Giants. They got right? Those be guys better. were all over, yeah. you know. And they're two impending free agents. Mm. Like they they hurt themselves in that game. Mm. Like I gotta say, they definitely hurt themselves, and they they hurt they cost themselves a lot of money their performance in that game. Possibly. And Miles Sanders, that was a fumble. I'm sorry. That's a catch. Oh, yeah. That ball got knocked out. Yeah. Bolton had the hell of a game. And if, you know, if they wanted to give it to Bolton, if that counted, if that touchdown counted, I would say I would say give it to Mike Bolton. He had a hell of a game. Yeah. And defensively, he was great. Yeah, Spags had them playing. I mean, they still gave up. Nick Bolton. Excuse me, Nick, not they Mike. Mike is somebody else. They still gave up 35 points, right? They still gave up a lot of points. But, mm-hmm. yeah, they won the game. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. But we're now in the post-Super Bowl aftermath, see? And a couple of quarterbacks are looking for new homes in different ways. The Raiders released Derek Carr after he informed the team he would not accept a trade. And he was given permission to seek out a trade and couldn't find one. (laughs) How does this turn out for both Carr and the Raiders? Well, like you alluded to, Derek Carr is somewhere on the New Jersey Turnpike (laughs) right now. Because he had to find a way to get to Florham Park to try out and meet for the Jets. So that's a very interesting scenario. Uh, he's probably he was in he was probably in line with Jimmy G, and they were waiting for Aaron Rodgers to come out of the darkness. And we'll talk yeah. about Aaron Rodgers in a second. But that is pretty. That's all sorts of messed up because there was a team, presumably it was the New Orleans Saints, but it could have been the Carolina Panthers, it could have been the com- it could have been the Commanders, it could have been the Colts. But they had trades lined up. One team had a trade that was agreed upon, provided that Derek Carr would take a pay cut. And yeah, like guys aren't taking pay cuts. They're, they're not going to do it. Like I, I understand why you don't want to do it, especially since you have a forty million dollar option that was going to kick in if the Raiders did not cut you by the deadline. Like forty million dollars is a lot. Derek Carr is worth forty million dollars. I'll tell you that much. Derek Carr is unspectacular, solid, unspectacular. We'll do we'll do enough to, for you to lose. We'll do enough for you to lose. So, you know, he's, that, that had to, he had to come off the books. Now they have one quarterback under contract, and, you know, that guy's never even snipped. I don't even think he dressed. Or he might have dressed when Jared Stidham was running the show. So, 
ultimately, Derek Carr is going to be like Baker Mayfield. Like I have a, I, I think that that's going to be the story for him, right? Chip on his shoulder, wants to prove himself. Will go to a team and try and stick it up the Raiders' ass. Now, what team will allow him to do that? I don't think it's going to be Carolina. I think they're going to stick with Sam Darnold and kind of dra- and they'll draft the guy for the future. Maybe the guy, you know, depending on where they are, maybe they move up for the guy for Kentucky. They also drafted Matt Corral, right? Yes, and he got hurt his he hurt his elbow, I think. So, they'll get, I think they're going to give Corral a shot before they finally realize that Matt Corral was eh. There's a reason why all those quarterbacks dropped. Like, we anticipated that those guys was, would all be taken in the first round. Malik Willis dropped. Matt Corral dropped. Sam Howell dropped. Yeah. All those guys that were projected to be first-round picks dropped. And they dropped like rocks. So, I think Derek Carr is going to get a shot. Whether that's... Whether Jim Ursay reevaluates his team and says, Derek Carr, with this roster, isn't bad. Maybe a couple tweaks. Maybe the Colts envision themselves as not being that far off. Maybe the Carolina Panthers, if the Carolina Panthers decide they don't want to, you know, maybe, you know, David Tepper's impatient, but maybe he doesn't want to. Like, I don't see it, but maybe he's impatient. Maybe, you know, the Arizona Cardinals, (laughs) if they decide that uh, Kyler Murray is not a number one, he's not elite like their new head coach says he is, you know, maybe they want to move on from that. Freaking commanders. We just said Sam Howell. Sam Howell's their starting quarterback. Really? Really? I don't see him at the Jets. I, I think the the personnel moves that the Jets have made, bringing in Nathaniel Hackett, tells me that they are in on Aaron Rodgers and they're in on Aaron Rodgers hard. And I don't know if I mean they're waiting. They're waiting patiently. And as far as the Raiders go, I think they're in on Aaron Rodgers too. So he's, you know, Derek Carr's not going back. He can't go back. That bridge is burned, especially after what he said in the Pro Bowl games. That bridge is gone. That, that bridge has been torched. So it's a question of where does he go and what his market is. It's very limited. The Raiders, the Raiders are all in on Rodgers, and if they can't get Rodgers, they'll probably try and get Jimmy Garoppolo and pair him with Jared Stidham, and it will be a New England Patriot affair once again. I would imagine the Raiders will make a strong run at Aaron Rodgers. And like you said, I think their fallback is Jimmy G. You know, uh, another guy who could be on the move this season. Let's be real. I mean, Daniel Jones, right? Um, Ryan Tannehill, um, Jameis Winston. I think all are viable options for the Raiders. Um, As far as Carr is concerned, like you said, he's meeting with the Jets today or he's meeting with them tomorrow. But... I just don't see how this guy has any value. Like and you I, mentioned, said, Jam- you mentioned Jameis, right? But um, not the Saints because I think you know they wanted him to take a pay cut. I don't think he's going to go there. I mean, he might go there on a on, now that he's free of that obligation and he can renegotiate. But what about Tampa Bay? Tampa Bay has Kyle Trask, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, I don't see. Yeah, yeah, I could see him. I could see Carr going there, but it's just like. He's just—I've been saying it all season. I just—if Derek Carr got cut during the season, like who's picking him up, like, like to start, right? I mean, I think he's a good backup, 
He could be a backup, but to be a starter, like he's never he's never won a playoff game, man. He's got a sub five hundred record, and, and you can't blame it on the coaches. You can't blame it on your teammates. Like you've had good players around you, and you've just failed to be successful, man. Like they literally got the best wide receiver in the league to play on the Raiders this year. Their running back won the rushing title. <laughs> And you still play like dog shit. Like, so the idea that the Jets are interested in him is for what? What? Like, what's he going to do here? Like, you, you already got a guy who can't hit open receivers. He's going um, to turn and hand it off to Brees Hall. I mean, <laughs> I guess. I mean, this year, uh, there's going to be quarterbacks coming out of the draft. So it's just like, I if you're considering Derek Carr, then you've already seen the best of Derek Carr. Why wouldn't you want to draft a guy? That's just my whole, that's my whole thing. Um, I just, yeah, I just don't, I don't see his value. Um, if anything, I think the Colts, like you see, you mentioned the Colts, you mentioned the commies, because I think Eric the enemy could coach him. And yeah, the Bucks, because the Bucks are pretty loaded. There's, there's no reason why the Bucks don't play well. I mean, they have running backs. They they just need an offensive line. They have wide receivers. But if you address the offensive line in the draft, you've got a decent defense. You play in a shit division. Seems like a good idea. Well, here's another one. You know, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, right? Aaron Rodgers looking inward for answers. He may decide when he comes out of darkness that Green Bay is not an option. So is Green Bay an option for Derek Carr? Or are they all in on Jordan Love at this point? They should be in on Jordan Love, right? You drafted him in the first round. He's, this It's put up or shut up time. And the whole thing, Z, it's like we talked about. It's not like you won anything with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> you didn't win. So even if, even if Love comes in and sucks, you're in the same boat. Like... You got knocked out of the playoffs by the Detroit Lions, for crying out loud. Like, all you had to do was beat the Detroit Lions at home in your last game of the season, and you lost. With Aaron Rodgers, all these receivers you drafted, Aaron Jones, that defense, your buddy Matt LaFleur is the head coach. So, yeah, bring in, bring in love. Let's see, let's, let's see what happens. But you, you mentioned Aaron Rodgers, and he's looking inward for answers. Rogers is currently on a spiritual retreat of darkness, which both you and I did a couple years ago. Uh, unplugging from everyone and everything, including lights. <laughs> when Rogers emerges and sees his shadow, what team will he choose? I mean, this is such an absurd story. It, it's so absurd. He's going into a cabin in the woods. There's no... It's completely pitch black. There's... There's a slot in the door that will slide open and a tray of food is going to go in and you can put your tray back out. It's solitary confinement. He's in the box. He's in the hole. He put himself in the hole. Now, when he gets out of that hole, what's he going to do? Like, the Raiders are probably the best option just from the simple fact that it's not New York and I think he's too thin-skinned for New York. I think he and his personal press secretary, Pat McAfee, would be lost here. And I think it would be worse than when Brett Favre got <laughs> his, here. <clears throat> his personal press secretary. Like that. Yeah. I mean, who does he go to to, to uh, arrange his missives? He goes to Pat McAfee. 
Like, well, Pat McAfee's thing, his like, personal employee, his personal yeah, reporter. That's the whole thing. It's like, if he came to New York, he's not going to talk to the mainstream media. Like, he's not going to talk to Michael K. He's not going to talk to Rich Samini. He's not, what? He's not going to talk to Samini. He's not going to talk to Samini. He's not going to talk to the beat writers. No way. He won't do it. At training camp, whatever, he's just going to be like, no, I'm not doing not doing it. In Green Bay, in Green Bay, he's able to control his narrative. He can't right. do that here. Right. Well, he will, and they'll bury him for it, and, and, and it's just going to be round and round we go. So, I mean, for for that instance, Vegas is probably the best option. They're loaded. They have Jacobs. They're going to have Jacobs. They're going to re-up him. They have Devontae Adams, who they didn't, whom he didn't want to get rid of to begin with. You have... You know, if you keep Renfro and Waller, because they were trying to get, he was trying to get Waller to Green Bay. Yeah. So, you know, there are pieces there. If they can ever figure out the defense, and if Josh McDaniels can ever figure out how to be a head coach, there's enough there. There's enough there. But, I mean, it's very limited, right? He's very limited. The team said they would not do anything to accommodate him going to an NFC team. So that's out. Like, 16 teams are out. So, who realistically... I know you mentioned the Titans before. <laughs> I know you've mentioned the Titans before. But, like, they seem to be an afterthought. And, I don't know. I, I really think that the Jets is a bad idea. I really <laughs> think... I, I think, think it's, it's a, a bad idea, but you think that's where he's leaning. I think that's where he's leaning, but I think it's a terrible idea. I really think it's a terrible idea. My whole thing is this, is... I don't. Well, let's let's put this let's put it this way, Z. If you were him, what would you do? If I were him, yeah. What, a, would you, what would you do? Well, let's think about it. If I were him, I'm. If I go to the Jets, I'm in a division with the Dolphins, who are decent, the Patriots, who are going to be pissed off. Do you really want to mess with a pissed off Patriots team? And then the Buffalo Bills. It's a pretty good division. If I go to the AFC West. I get to kick around the, the Broncos. Okay, I get to kick around the Broncos. That's fine. But then I also have the Chargers and I have the Chiefs. At best, I'm a third-place team. Even with me, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I have to be, you know, I have to be realistic. I'm not Jesus. I'm not turning this team around just by my mere presence. He may think he's Jesus, but he's not. So I got to say, like, am I, if I'm going to... I'm going to either be in third place or I'm going to be in third place why do that when I can stay in my own division and possibly win it next year because I don't believe in the Vikings the Lions you know the Lions are the Lions they're they're relevant at once every hundred years and the Bears are rebuilding get me a wideout just go get me a wideout go trade for DeAndre Hopkins get me Odell yeah, but Beckham he, but he had he had Adams like you know he had the white he had it all he had it all in Green Bay, and they were successful. They didn't win any championships. Uh, they they were in the mix. Like a, you sound like a Met fan right now. They're like, consistently success, in the mix. Success is winning a Super Bowl. Well, that's success. Not winning the Super Bowl is failure. Winning four MVPs and only having one Super Bowl victory in two appearances is a failure. Being in one Super Bowl since 1969 is a failure. <laughs> so that is a failure. And he's still not going to change that. He's not going to erase all of that history you, if he comes do you, here. Do you, 
if you're if you're Rogers, is Tampa an option for you? Do you look, oh. at, Tam- do you look at Tampa and say, hmm, Tom did it. I could do it. I could go there and I could work with the, what they have in that shit division. He would never do it because he's replacing Tom Brady. But I'm asking if you would. If you were him, would you? It would. It makes sense. It definitely makes sense. But how are we going to facilitate that? Because Green Bay is on record saying that they will not trade him to an NFC team. Now, do, unless they're asked for the moon and the stars... And Jason Light believes that this team is close. And they're, they're not bad. They're not bad. Like, they had major offensive line problems. The wideouts and Tom were on different pages this year. Like, if Aaron Rodgers goes in and he gets with the wideouts early and they work together and develop a chemistry. That. I know. But I'm saying... You, it, you wouldn't do it either. Uh, if you're him, you're not doing that. Listen, I... Then you can, I, then I, sit there in Green Bay and shut up. Nah, <laughs> There's the end. I think I think he's already. I told you this when we heard first heard about this regime. He already made his decision. That's why he's going into darkness. When he emerges, he will choose the New York Jets. And this is the sole reason for him venturing on this escapade into darkness. He needs to go into darkness. He needs to go low. He needs to just be beneath the surface because when he emerges. He's going to have to walk through hell this season, <laughs> to, and he and he knows that. And if, I think that's the reason why he's going into darkness because ultimately, this is his best chance at winning a Super Bowl is to link up with them because they think they're a quarterback away, and. <coughs> And Roy, you're rolling the dice. That's basically, I, I really believe that that's what the reason for this retreat is for. He's made his decision. Green Bay has made their decision. Everybody's on the same page. It's just a matter of they need a final green light from him. He's going to go into darkness. He's going to emerge and say, all right, I think I can do this. I'm ready. I'm ready. I can do it. And that's, he, that's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, but you know what? You know as well as I that there are many high-profile athletes who think they can handle New York until they get here. Oh, I know. I don't think he. I don't think he thinks he can handle it. I think he, he knows it's going to be an uphill battle every day, and he and that's why he's getting ready for it. Mm-hmm. That I think he knows that he's going into that knowing this, and I think he's going into it saying, "I'm going to try to do two years." But if it's a bitch, I'm getting out after one. I really, truly believe that that's what he's thinking in his head. And that's what he's going to do. Now, if you're the Jets, I'm going to put this out from the Jets' perspective. If you know you're only going to get two years out of him, why are you going to move the sun, the earth, and the stars? Because the Jets think they're going to get three or four years out of him. Because they are delusional. And they think they're going to win and then win again. And that's, I think what they really truly believe is they're going to get to the AFC Championship game next year. And he'll come back because they were so close and they'll win it the, the year after that. That's what the Jets really think. I, I don't know how they could possibly think that given this track record. They don't have a choice, right? They don't have a choice because they, they have to sell the sun and the moon and the stars because they missed on Zach Wilson. 
and this is how everybody keeps their job. This is your boy, the GM, going to Woody and being like, listen, we did all this without a quarterback. Give me the okay to trade our future for this guy, and we will get to a Super Bowl in two years. And if you're if you're Woody, you look at this and you're like, okay, well, I'm a pragmatic guy. He's, I mean, we did win all these games with nothing. If we get an elite quarterback, we did it with Brett Favre. We did really well. He also came from Green Bay. Yeah, go for it. Let's see if this works. It's exactly how it's, it's exactly how it went down, man. It's exactly how it went down. I know these people. I know the I know the family. I know the pedigrees. It's just, it was a 20-minute conversation. That's basically what I was laid out. Yeah, but I also know that the Brett Favre experiment started out great but ended extremely poorly. Because he hurt well, his elbow, and then he starts sending dick pics to people. <laughs> well, it ended poorly for the Jets, but if you remember, he made his way onto the Minnesota Vikings, and they were a wreck. They were a problem for the first six weeks of the season until they went to Pittsburgh and got their bells rung. But they still made it pretty far. They still played really well. Step outside of your safe area and make a statement without saying much with FCK Clout Lifestyle Apparel. Embrace the colorful chaos and stay emotionally regulated in their hoodies, snapbacks, graphic tees, accessories, and more. Season 3 merch is up now. Get it while you can. Go to fckclout.com and get all of your needs from men and women. That's fckclout.com. All head coaching vacancies have now been filled. And it's been a run on Philly coordinators, surprisingly. Uh, Shane Stecken is the new head coach of the Colts. And defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon will take the helm of the sinking ship in Arizona. Uh, And that's a pun because they're in the desert. Both jobs present significant challenges, especially at the quarterback position. So who's going to be more successful? <laughs> it's it's a crapshoot, you know? A trash, it's, just a, it's just a trash situation. <laughs> you have 32 of these jobs, you know? That's the thing. You have 32 jobs. And, you know, Jonathan Gannon's 39 years old. And Shane Steckin is 37 years Steckin. old. And... They realize that if I want one of these jobs, I'm going to have to go someplace. I'm not going <laughs> to luck into the I gotta Rams. Do, I got to do this. I got to work. Like, it's not, I'm not going to be gifted. I got to do this. I'm not going to be gifted the Rams like Sean McVay was. I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to walk into a great situation like Kyle Shanahan did. That guy. Like, San Francisco is pretty damn stable. You know, Kyle Shanahan has, is, has a great thing going on. McVay has a great thing going on. These guys are not in that kind of situation. Gannon is going into a situation where you had you had AJ Green leave you, you have JJ Watt leave you. It was a retirement home, as Arizona is for a lot of people. You have wideouts in search of a quarterback because Kyler Murray sucks. Kyler Murray is a second baseman playing quarterback. And he apparently is very set in his ways about how he wants to do things. And if 
enough people come out with that rap about you being uncoachable, you're going to start to build the reputation that you're uncoachable. So I don't know what a defensive guy in Jonathan Gannon is going to bring to the table. I don't know who he's going to hire unless it's like Lincoln Riley or it. Yeah, it's going to have to be somebody. It's going to be somebody dynamic, you know? It's going to have to be somebody who can get into Kyler Murray's ear and say, hey, wake the fuck up. You're in the pros now. Wake the fuck up. Grow up. Whichever. You're in the pros now. Yeah. This is a football team and a baseball team. Right. And defensively, you know, defensively, the Eagles were third in points for, right? They They were third in points for offensively, and they were eighth in the league in points against so defensively, they were pe- keep people off the board. And you have guys on that team. You have guys on the Cardinals that can still put up numbers. Guys like Buda Baker, for one. But, I don't know. I, I think that, you know, given the right quarterback, and I don't necessarily think that drafting a quarterback is the way to go. Because if you look at that roster, right? If you had a competent quarterback, not a guy barely hanging on like Matt Ryan, not a guy barely hanging on like Carson Wentz, not a guy barely hanging on like Philip Rivers. Oh, well, no, hold on a second. Philly had a good season, man. He got them to the divisional game and became, it was a touchdown pass away from beating Buffalo. But he's still a guy barely hanging on in the league. Yeah, but he could still, he, he retired, he still being able to make throws. I mean, they had a chance that year. Yeah, really no, did. they they definitely did, but that's the thing. You don't you're not growing with that. If you bring in, if you bring in a guy like Jimmy, right, just to just to steer the ship, right? That's all you need to do. Jonathan Taylor, if he's the guy that we think he is, you bring in a guy like Jimmy, steer the ship. I don't necessarily think you bring in Derek Carr, but if you lose out. Maybe you bring in Derek Carr. The offense, you know, the offense that Steckin likes to run clearly need a mobile quarterback. So that becomes a question. Like, who are you? Unless, by, by some grace of God, they go and get Lamar Jackson. But could you imagine Lamar on the Colts? And I can't even talk about it without like choking myself up. Maybe that's like, what. Maybe that's the play, right? Maybe yeah. that's that. Maybe that's the whole angle. Is like we're gonna get this guy. We're gonna get this guy. We're gonna get DeAndre Hopkins, and let's go. Yeah, maybe that's it. Because the Colts aren't that far off. They had a very bad year last year, but a lot of that has to do with instability at the coaching position, hiring a guy off TV just because he once played for the franchise and is saying complimentary things about you. You know, that's an Ursay problem. If they, if they can somehow get Ursay to kind of step back like he did when Tom Moore and Peyton Manning were there, you know, like, maybe. Maybe, just maybe. But I think that the Colts are closer, so I think Stecken is going to be more successful in the short term. Long term, both of these guys can be out in like four years. <laughs> yeah. Both, both these guys are not going to make it that long. No. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I, I like the Colts situation. They have a wide receiver. They have a good offensive line. They have a good defense. They have a stud running back. 
they literally just need a quarterback to deliver the ball and deliver it on time. Um, I, I'm i with you. I'm, I'm in the camp of, like, go get DeAndre Hopkins. I didn't think about them getting Lamar Jackson, but that could certainly work. The uh, irony of the Ravens, the irony of Baltimore and the Colts making a trade. I just love it. I mean, I think I think a more likely situation is landing a guy like Jameis Winston or landing a guy like Jimmy G. That seems very plausible. Derek Carr, I don't know if they're going to do that. I mean, you've, you've got to be in a situation where... You, you have to be able to look past his years with the Raiders to be able to take Derek Carr. And I don't think as much talent as, as Colt, the Colts have, I don't think they can do that. Now, as far as Arizona, Arizona is just a shit show. Like, I don't know anybody who'd want I don't even think Eric Yenemy would take that job. Um, we're talking about him next. Uh, that's, I mean, because you, you don't, Kyler's not going to start the year. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he's going to come back, and you don't really have a you don't really have a running back, and you don't you don't you probably lose in Hopkins. <clears throat> you're in a division with Seattle, and you're in a division with the 49ers, you're in a division with LA. Like it's and and you had mentioned hiring Lincoln Riley as an OC. Lincoln Riley is probably going to wind up taking that job eventually once. He gets to pick who's core, what quarterback he's going to have. And he's going to be able to bring him with talent. So, you know, this is basically like having the job before the real guy gets the job. Yeah. Opinion. It's an extended interim, it sounds like it. Especially with, like, David Blau, David Blau, Colt McCoy, and Trace McSorley. Like, those are the guys that are currently on the roster. So, obviously, you would link to Colt McCoy, you know, their quarterback situation is killing me, as you can hear right now. But you have to figure that Colt McCoy is the guy who's going to steward that until Kyler Murray gets back. I don't really know what you're going to do. But, I, I mean, Jonathan Gannon is a defensive-minded defensive coach, right? They let Vance Joseph out of his contract. So that tells you all you need to know about what Jonathan Gannon's going to do. Is he going to be... He's going to be more of a Rex Ryan type. Now, wow. who's he going to get? Who's he going to get to coordinate this? Like, that's, well, the, that's the key. Well, Mike LaFleur is out, unfortunately. He's As is Eric the Enemy. Yeah. You can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Pop Stars, located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Pop Stars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top-notch. Westchester Pop Stars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Pop Stars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. 
Yeah, another coaching carousel and another year of well-regarded Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy doesn't get hired. And you know, what does he have to do to get over the hump, see? Or is there something more nefarious going on? Yeah, I mean, Eric Bieniemy certain, certainly could have helped the Cardinals. We were just talking about them. 20th, 21st in points. Sounds like the Jets. 18th in passing yards. 22nd in rushing yards. Like that's you're telling me that Eric the enemy could not help, but say la vie. But as far as you know, his new role with the Washington Commanders, I think he's doing what he needs to do, and that is get out from under Andy Reid's shadow. Yeah. You know, that becomes an issue that when you're under, when you're under Andy Reid, you are under Andy Reid. Ultimately, you can make suggestions. Andy Reid makes the final decision. And that's kind of where Matt Nagy was. That's kind of where Todd Haley was. And they needed to go elsewhere in order to further ply their, their craft. Now, Todd Haley, you know, bounced around the league a little bit, was, the head, was a head coach, was a coordinator. He definitely, he definitely made the rounds. Matt Nagy. Got the head coaching gig in Chicago. He was back, you know, as QB coach this year for the Chiefs. So you got to get out. You got to get out for a little bit and prove that you are as good as people think you are, and kind of show that you have some. You have something of your own. You need, you need to prove that it's not all the system, and you need to go. <laughs> You have to go into a situation like Washington where it's not bad. You know, you have McLaurin, you have Gibson, you have Brian Robinson, and you have some talent on that team. Logan Thomas, you have players. Now, you're a competent quarterback away. Can you make Sam Howell look like a stud, right? Or can you make Jimmy Garoppolo? Or can you make Derek Carr? Or can you make Carson, well, not Carson Wentz, but can you make anybody else a star? That's what that's what Eric Bieniemy is going to have to do. And he's going to have to work on his interviews. He's going to have to really consider situations because I'm sure they've been asking specific situations about time management. I'm sure you've been... He's been asked situations about personnel. I'm sure he's been asked situations, you know, pertaining to higher up CEO type behavior. And if you've never been in it, you've never been in it. I liken it to when Eric Burns and Mark DeRosa ended up getting interviews for Major League Baseball positions, right? They had never done it before. So to sit in these interviews and get asked questions about situations where you never even have been in. The only time you've been in it was when you were on the other side of it as a player. And you have no say, you have no control. So it's a very enlightening experience. These interviews are extremely humbling because you don't know what you don't know. And I think the experience of going to Washington will only help Eric Bieniemy. And who knows, Ron Rivera has had cancer how many times? Like he could take a leave of absence and the enemy might step in as the interim. Or Ron Rivera can get canned 
right? And then Bienemy can step in and be the head coach on an interim basis and prove his medal. So maybe this is kind of maybe he sees the writing on the wall that way and is thinking a little Machiavelli. I don't necessarily think this is like a Fritz Pollard Alliance situation where they're trying to keep Eric Bienemy out to keep, you know, minority, you know, coaches down and to keep that total down. Because it would it would behoove teams to hire Eric Bienemy. He's been the hot coordinator for years. Like he has a good reputation. That's a guy that you want on your staff. So I don't think there's any, anything nefarious going on, but I think there's room to grow, and this job might be his stepping stone. Yeah, you said, you said it all right there. I mean, word on the street is that he doesn't interview well, and he doesn't call the plays. Uh, you know, loop that in with the, the terrible job that Matt Nagy did. The fact that Eric's coaching Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey right now, and he's not going to be coaching players of that caliber. So it's hard for him to get phone calls, I think. Um, he took a job with the commies, coming their OC. I thought it was interesting that he interviewed for the Baltimore job and didn't get that. That was so surprising to me. Like, why wouldn't John Harbaugh want him if Lamar's coming back? Um, but yeah. I think if he has success in Washington, the more doors will open for him. I'm sure that uh, that Colts job and that Arizona job will be opening up shortly. <laughs> I mean, there are pl- those are two that will open up. I mean, Tampa Bay, Todd Bowles has not distinguished himself as a head coach. So L.A. Could, L.A. Either Seattle. one. Either one. Either L.A. Seattle. There are, are going to be lots of vacancies coming up. Green Bay. Green Bay. Green Bay, Houston. Houston's always available. Like I think they I think I saw their job posting on Indeed today. So it's very interesting. But <laughs> Chicago, like you'll have plenty of options. You know, Eric Bianami just needs to kind of keep plying his craft. You know, prove that he is as good as people said he was and prove there was a reason why he was getting these interviews. You know, I, I think he's going to be all right. He's going to end up with a job in this league. It's only a matter of time. Now, that is is very telling. You mentioned that Todd Munkin got the job as OC. Now, Lamar Jackson had a say in that? Really? Okay. I mean, if if that's what you're saying, right? Because they were going to give, they they wanted to give Lamar Jackson more input into personnel and into coaching. I don't know. A guy that was just coaching Patrick Mahomes? I'd probably want to pick his brain a little bit. I would probably want to figure out, you know, especially since I have a dynamic tight end in Mark Andrews, right? How do how can we make this even bigger? How can we make this even more explosive? But, you know, what can you say? Like maybe, uh, maybe they're just content with being a, a running team. And if that's the case, then Baltimore is going to get lapped because you have a full year of Watson next year, as unfortunate as that may be. You're going to have Joe Burrow's not going anywhere, and the Steelers are going to be really good next year. They're going to be dangerous. It's very possible that if they stay stuck in the mud like this, the Ravens could be in last place in that division. So, I don't know. I have a feeling that that the Eric Bieniemy 
miss is going to be a major one for the Baltimore Ravens. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave. From the classic OB to Dutch Apple to Campfire S'mores and many more. Check out their website, SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too at SweetLifeBrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043 and tell them D&Z sent you. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Co. Because there's always room for a brownie. Bullshit or no shit, we're going to debate this week's most controversial sports topics right now. All right, boys and girls, here's how it goes. We have a statement. It's either bullshit or no shit. Bullshit or no shit. Number one, Kevin Love ends up with the Lakers when he's bought out by the Cavs. Man, I, I think this is bullshit. I think I, I think actually the Knicks and the Mavericks are going to jump on him before the Lakers do. I mean, Caleb to me still has some value. He just has he just played so badly the last couple of weeks. I don't think he's hit a shot. Interesting that he has. You know, it's interesting. I saw he has spent more time with the Cavs than he did when he was on the Wolves. Can you believe that? Wow, I didn't I know, know that. Isn't that wild? Yeah. That, is, that is absolutely wild. But I don't know. It's one of those things, right? you got to see what the writing on the wall is. Right now, the Lakers are 13th in the conference. So it might not necessarily be... It might not necessarily be a, a difficult decision for him if the Lakers are still in the shitter. So... I'm going to go no shit. Even with that, I, I think that the lure of LeBron is too strong. I think LeBron is going to find a way to get his guy, because Kevin Love is one of his guys. He's going to find a way to get him on this roster. And Kevin Love provides, you know, he's a good shooter, right? He's about 35% from three this year, a career 37% from the three. He's a career 44% from the field. He's a shooter. And this team could desperately use another shooter. So, you know, I think that when it comes down to it, LeBron is tired of being denied. You know, he's tired of people saying no to him. And he's going to get him, at least for a little while. And... It's not going to really matter if he goes to the Lakers or not. Because that team is it's just not good. 
It's just not good. He may be a shot in the arm, but they're not good enough to ascend higher than the play-in tournament. Right? Now, if he goes to the Knicks, the Knicks could very, could very well be in the four seed. Right? Brooklyn is descending. Brooklyn is not going to be there. He's not, not going to be there at the end. And you just... You, you just dealt off two major stars. Kill Bridges think dropped like forty one last night, man. I don't know, man. Yeah, and then Cam Thomas. That kid Thomas is playing well. I don't know. It's not man. sustainable. It's not sustainable. Don't buy into the hype. They're, you know, it's good for a game. It's good for a couple games. Brooklyn will fall. Brooklyn will absolutely fall. The Knicks. I like what they did getting Josh Hart, him and Jalen Brunson. Why not? A veteran a veteran like Kevin Love could be what they need, you know? He could absolutely be that kind of rudder that the Knicks solely need, you know? And if it's only for the remainder of the season, right? He's in the final year of that contract. It's a buyout. You can always buy you can always re up if it goes well. Dallas is tricky. You mentioned Dallas. I don't know. They, they're still trying to figure out who's going to get the last shot. If it's Luka or if it's Kyrie. I don't know. I, I really think that Dallas is gasoline on fire. I really don't know if, like, you really want to be a part of that. If I'm Ke- if I'm Kevin Love. But hey, you know, he they're, what, fifth in the, the West? So, like, he may see that as a better opportunity. So, to each their own. I'd rather go to the Eastern Conference, but that's just me. Bullshit or no shit, number two. Corbin Burns will be a Yankee before the trade deadline. I'm calling bullshit on this one, too. I think, and this, and Z, this is for the, the only reason I say that, is because he's getting traded to a contender. And the Yankees Ooh. ain't going to be a contender, my man. So I could see him going to like a Seattle, an LA, a Houston, Toronto, or even a Baltimore, but he ain't going to no Yankees. I'm going bullshit as well, but for a different reason. Now, the relationship between Burns and the Brewers, it's hurt right now. But that's arbitration. I think players are forget it, forgetting, you know? They are really forgetting that the whole role, the whole point of arbitration is so that the club doesn't have to pay you a lot. You can't take it personally. They're going to try and find a way to make sure that you don't make a lot of money. Because if you make a lot of money, they have to pay you a lot of money. Reggie Jackson said it best. He went and sat across from Charlie Finley in arbitration. And he walked out of that room thinking he played like shit because of how Charlie Finley used Reggie Jackson's own stats against him. That's the whole point of arbitration, folks. Shoot for the moon. You're not going to get it more often than not. Right now, ownership is 7-5 and five in arbitration hearings. And the five wins have been modest wins. So, I mean, I get why Burns is upset. You know, very raw in the moment. Like, it's very raw to hear what the club thinks of you. I understand that. 
But the Yankees, the Yankees are gonna be gunshot. You traded for Sonny Gray. Colossal failure. Colossal. And granted, the prospects that went back out didn't become anything. You traded for Frankie Montas. He has shoulder surgery. He's done for the year. You already traded Sears and Waldachuk for him. And they're on the Oakland roster. They're probably going to make the, the big league club out of spring training. Sears may very well be the opening day starter. Just because who the hell else is going to take the ball in Oakland. But I think Brian Cashman is going to be gunshot about trading for another mid-market starter. Granted, Corbin Burns has won a Cy Young, right? Like, he was 12-8, and 8, 294 ERA, 35-19 for his career. That all goes out the window the moment you put on the pinstripes. It takes a special kind of pitcher. It takes a special kind of player to wear the pinstripes and wear them well. And I don't know if a guy that's getting this bent out of shape over an arbitration hearing is going to be able to handle the in and out of a meeting. I don't think he's going to be able to handle the in and out of a season. I just, I don't think it. I don't see it. And I think it's going to be too rich for the Yankees' blood. I can see, well, the Mariners, Jerry DePoto will trade for anybody. Like, Jerry DePoto will trade for a ham sandwich. It's, it's just what he does. Like, the Angels might get involved because the Angels have needed pitching for years. If the Orioles are sniffing around contention, maybe the Orioles make a move. But Yankees, nah, I don't see it. I think I think you're looking at a bunch of minor league free agents, depth at Scranton, and trying to like hold this together with duct tape and glue. But you know, it's it's too rich. It's definitely too rich for Cashman's blood. Bullshit or no shit, number three. Major League Baseball's new rules will make a difference this season. Mm. Bullshit. I mean, define make a difference. Like, if you're, if you mean irritate pitchers and hitters, then yeah, absolutely no shit. I mean, teams have figured out how to shift. I sent you the diagram yesterday. Mm -hmm. I don't think bigger bases will do anything. The extra inning rule still sucks. So, yeah. I'm going to go with bullshit. Well, what are we trying to do here? Like you said, like what, what, or how would we envision success? A shorter game? Like a, a real baseball fan? Why, why do they care about the length of the game? Who bitches about the length of the game? The players and the broadcasters. The people who work in the game bitch about the game. Baseball fans go to a game to watch the fucking game. However long it takes. Now, <laughs> the disengagement rule, you're going to find a way, you're going to, you know, you're going to find a way around that. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, Ricky, Ricky Henderson would start, like, okay, he's already stepped off twice. I am going to be in the right in between first and second base. I'm going to be 45 feet away from first base. I'm going to dare him to step off because that's a balk under the new rules. <laughs> like, I'm going to dare him to do something. 
It's absolutely ludicrous. The shift, the shift is the shift. Batting averages will go up. I'm fine with that. If that means fewer home runs, so be it. If it means fewer strikeouts, even better. Put the goddamn ball in play. Put the goddamn ball in play. For God's sake, you're there to hit the ball. The pitch clock, there are ways around the pitch clock. You know, we went, my fiance and I, we took the lads to the Dunedin Blue Jays game. They had a pitch clock. You know, it, it kept the it kept the game moving. It definitely kept the game moving, that's for sure. Intense moments, do you really want a guy rushing through? I don't necessarily want that if I'm Major League Baseball. Right. But right. Yeah. Do, do I want a guy like, you know, oh shit, I, mean, I got I got five it's seconds raining. here to make this. Uh, I'm not sure if I can really grip this and throw it as fast as I can. Meanwhile, Shohei Otani's at the plate. Yeah. Yeah. That, that seems like a really bad idea. And then let's get to the bigger bases. Right? The pizza boxes. I, I I guess it'll limit injury. I think that's the only thing. Like, you know, first baseman won't get their ankles stepped on anymore. Or, like, they'll provide better, you know, provide more cushioning against the takeout slide at second. I, you know, it, it seems like, that seems like, okay, it is what it is. What really pisses me off is the ghost runner. Yeah. Why? Why? Why do we still have that? Yeah. It does not need to be there. Like, I'm sick of it. It's so, it's, it's so beyond Bush League. Right? And never mind that it cut down a 14-inning game to a 10-inning game. Okay. That's fine. But all you're doing is giving, is pretty much giving a runner in scoring position already. You're potentially extending the game more. You're, you're keeping it about the same. Because a runner can score, and a runner can score. A runner can score, a runner can score. All you're doing is inflating stats and inflating scores of games. I don't like it. Like, I understand where people, you know, people want to go home. I get it. Real baseball fans don't care. It's a national pastime. It's play without a clock. It was perfect. It was perfect until you started messing with it. Now, please, keep your goddamn hands off my game. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award.
Now, right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. You know how it goes. We put up a poll on our Twitter account, at FadeRouteDNZ, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote. And the winner of said vote gets the coveted-ass trophy and a shout-out on this here's show. Do you know who took home the coveted-ass trophy last week? I don't. Manchester City. That's 90, 90 financial violations. So, we'll see what happens there. Potential relegation is on the table. Forfeiture of wins. All sorts of good shit. But that was last week. This is this week. Who are your nominees for Alleged Superstar of the Week, D? Alright, first up, I got the New York Jets. Bringing in Derek Carr. To talk about what? We're not talking about playing quarterback. He's 63-79 and 79 record as a starter. With zero playoff wins better New York just do better next Kevin Durant during a press conference you said you like the Suns title chances no shit they had all the pieces before you even got there Kevin Durant this is your MO go to a good team to win championships do better Kevin just do better and last and certainly not least Frankie Montas after going 1-3 with a 6.35 ERA, you decided you to hurt your shoulder before even spring trading starts. Oh, man, you need surgery that will likely cost you, that will likely cost all of the 2023 season. Frankie Montas, you, my alleged superstar of the week. Z, what do you got? Frankie Montas is putting the ass in Montas with his performance so far as a Yankee. So... Who knows? Who knows with him? We'll see if he gets it right. But I'm going to start with the Brooklyn Nets. Posting a thank you on their socials for Kyrie Irving. (laughs) What exactly are you thanking him for? For blowing up the franchise? I'm confused. I'm very confused by that. Because his actions directly led to the downfall of your team. Who am I not paying around here? <laughs> like, what are we talking about here? Like, your selfishness wrecked the franchise. Kyrie Irving, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Cam Thomas, Mr. 40 points for his his derogatory comments and homophobic comments during an interview post-game. You can't do that. On hot mic, on a pre-recorded message, on a VTR, anything. You, you can't be homophobic. You cannot say what Cam Thomas said. I'm not going to repeat it. If you want to hear it, go look it up for yourself. Because I'm not going to repeat it. It's, it's homophobic, it's derogatory, and it's completely... He was completely out of line. He did apologize for it, but you still said it, bro. Cam Thomas, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last, but not least, the NFL. For engineering. Engineering the special sod for the Super Bowl, only for the turf to be completely chewed up and potentially dangerous. You know guys slipping and sliding all over the place? It's a miracle nobody got out of there without torn ACLs. ACLs, plural. It was especially slick around the painted logo on the field. 
why did you reapply another logo? Why did you reapply another coat? Was it because it was faded because you left the, the roof open for Rihanna's performance? If that's the case, don't you think you should be doing something a little bit different with the logo? If you know it's going to be bleached out in the sun? But hey, maybe I'm not a graphic designer. But I'm also not a botanist. This sounds like a lot of... There are a lot of things I'm not. But one thing I am is a pragmatist. This is the biggest game of the year. This is the biggest game of my season. I'm not doing this shit. I'm not doing this stuff. I'm not doing this. NFL, you are my legend superstar of the week. I can't get through this. NFL, are you kidding me right now? But we've said our piece. Go to our Twitter page at FadeRouteDNZ and vote and vote and vote and vote and for our nominees. Just do better, boys. Just do better. Looking to break into broadcast media, web development, social media marketing, or filmmaking? Then CSB is the program for you. From day one, you'll be trained hands-on by industry pros like friend of the show Rob Adams, whose goal is to get you trained and get you working in months, not years. CSB offers 8 and 16 week programs in small class sizes designed to give you the personalized attention you need. If you can make it in person, there are five East Coast locations. If you can't, they offer virtual classes too. How great is that? And once you graduate, you become part of the alumni network that gets you to the front of the line. Trust me, I'm going to love myself. Go to GoCSB.com today, request more info, set up a studio tour, and who knows, you may very well be on your way to a career in broadcast media. That's GoCSB.com and tell them Z sent you. GoCSB.com. Order up! All right, boys and girls, our Major League Baseball preview starts this week. It is time for us to order up. Order up, order up. This week, we are ordering up the division of the champs, the American League West. From five to one, who you got, D? Mm. All right, shocker. Starting with those athletic players in Oakland. <laughs> uh, they seem more interested now, where are they going to play in the future? They're fielding a competent baseball team. Let's just put it that way. So I have them at number five. Number four. I'm going to surprise you, I think. I have the Angels. I just don't see why it would work this year. You know, Tani's going to probably get traded the trade deadline. Rendon just probably got hurt while we're on this podcast. <laughs> And Trout will get hurt before the All-Star break. I mean, just, I can't see why this year it's going to work, you know? Uh, number three. I'm going with Texas. I have the Rangers finishing in third, even though DeGrom's already got hurt. Um, I think they're trying. DeGrom, Evaldi, Heaney, they might be able to prove 
bit formidable. Hope Seager's hopefully comes around this year. Simeon plays well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Rangers here. And number two, uh, who do I have at number two? Got the defending champs at number two. If, you know, it's a well-oiled machine, I get that. I just, you know, I, I'm trying to see if something different might happen this year. And so I have them. I can't see them finishing below second. And then number one, I think it's the Mariners. Uh, it's hard not to take them seriously after looking back at how they ended last year. They've got J-Rod. they got a decent pitching staff. The division's winnable. Yeah, that's what I got, man. We have a lot of agreements. A lot of agreements. <laughs> a lot. A lot of agreements. Well, we're going to start with the Oakland Shocker. At fifth place, we're going to start with the Oakland A's. Shocker. They, they, you know, the owner wants his team bad enough to move to Miami. The problem is, is there already is a team in Miami. So I don't know what they're going to do. And they don't have a lot of options left of players to sell. Like, okay, off the main roster, you're going to sell Blackburn. He was decent. He's not going to get you much. Like, Trevor May is going to be back in Queens by June. James Caprillion stinks. Like we've had, I mean, there are plenty of ex-Yankees on this roster, so they have one catcher, Jesus Aguilar. Hey, the, the wonderful veteran presence on this team. He'll be gone by May, <laughs> and Ramon Laureano is the only guy who's going to fetch you a decent return. Ramon Laureano. It wouldn't surprise me if he's a Yankee, because they'd still. We'll need a center fielder because I don't know if Aaron Hicks isn't going to be there. Harrison Bader may not be there. Ramon Aaron Mariano. Hicks isn't going to be there. Where's Aaron Hicks going to be? Hurt. <laughs> He's going to be a Yankee though, right? <laughs> yeah, he'll be a Yankee. He'll, he'll be on the IL again. <laughs> he puts the ill in IL. Oh, so, man, the best oh, sign deal ever. Seven um, years, 70 million. No, it was 10 years, 70 million, right? 10 years, 70. Yes, and it was terrible, terrible, no matter how you slice it. We got a but, steal here, Brian. I, <laughs> I don't see it. I mean, it, it did only cost you John Ryan Murphy. So in that regard, yes, a guy who never made it, but that's pretty bad. Number four, I'm going with the Rangers. I don't like what they're doing, you know? Yes, DeGrom is already hurt, but... It looks like they really built up a team of assets just to trade them, right? Heaney is garbage. He had one good year. Andrew Heaney, ask Angel fans about Andrew Heaney. They'll tell you. Ask Yankee fans for the three weeks that Andrew Heaney was on the roster. He was terrible, right? Do you really like, okay, you have Jake Odorizzi. Okay, he's a four. Right? You have Glenn Otto. He's a five. DeGrom, I, you know, I've seen enough of DeGrom that I know he's not going to pitch all that much. <laughs> like the past two years, he's not pitched all that much. Actually, three since the pandemic year. He hasn't pitched all that much. So he's either going to be very rested or it's the beginning of the end. We're going to see. Evaldi. He's hit or miss. John Gray, hit or miss. 
that's just there's not a lot there. And offensively, you're looking at Simeon and Seeger. This team's really not that different offensively. What what makes me think that they're going to be better? They'll just they'll be good enough to lose. They were good enough to lose with without Jacob DeGrom. So I still have them in fourth. <coughs> Third place, I have the Angels. Now, you, you got to figure at some point, right? At some point, these guys are going to be healthy, right? Trout is going to be healthy. Rendon is going to be healthy. You brought in Gio Urshela probably as, as an insurance policy in case Rendon is hurt. You brought in Brandon Drury. You have some depth on this team. You have veteran players. You brought in Hunter Renfro. I think that's going to be a really good addition. Renfro is going to have a great year for them. It boils down to pitching. It really boils down to pitching and health. And if they can get anything out of anybody behind Shohei Otani, they can be a solid team. Like, on the outskirts of the wild card. Tyler Anderson, you're going to get a chance to prove that what you did last year was not a fluke. Right? Reed Detmers, you pitched a no-hitter last year. Let's see if you can keep it going. Matt Moore, you're trying to re-resurrect your career. Re-resurrect. It's like the second time you've tried to resurrect. So, they're buying low. They're buying low. I think they're finally going to luck into some help. Second place... I'm with you. I'm going with the Astros. You know, this team's another year older. This roster, I don't know about the pitching. I I need to see more. Like, can they do it for another year with these guys? We'll see. But they're going to be good. At the very least, they'll be a wild card team. It wouldn't surprise me if they won the division, but I think they're going to slide back just enough just enough to let the Mariners in, right? A full year of Luis Castillo, J-Rod, Teoscar Hernandez, they got him from the Blue Jays. Maybe Kelnick takes the turn that they want, they hope he's taking. He's going to get playing time because Taylor Trammell is hurt. AJ Pollock, they brought him in, like maybe for a nice depth move. They're a little thin in the infield, but Pitching is really where it's at. I I really like the depth on this team. I like, you know, having Castillo. I like having Festa. George Kirby is a solid pitcher. Chris Flexen went to Korea and came back a different pitcher. Right? I saw him on the Mets. He was an absolute scrub. He goes to Korea. He comes back. He's a different guy. So, I think that they're going to be A-OK and you never count out Trader Jerry. I could easily see a 1-2 of Luis Castillo and Corbin Burns on this team. It's within the realm of possibility. 100%. And I think this is the year that the Mariners take the next step. This has been the Fade Route with DNC. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Catch our podcast on Wednesday nights 
on iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. So until next time, stay faded, everyone. It's time for us to run the go route, but we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.